Chapter Forty Two of the Wyvern Mystery. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. The Wyvern Mystery by Joseph Sheridan Lafano. Chapter Forty Two. Hatherton charles fairfield in true fairfield wrath had ridden at a hard pace which helped to keep his blood up all the way to the bridge at wickford he had expected to overtake the magistrate easily before he reached that point and if he had who knows what might have happened next walked at wickford and learning there how long a ride interposed before he could reach him he turned and followed in a somewhat changed mood he would himself bail that woman the question felony or no felony bailable offence or not bailable entered not his uninstructed head be she what she might assassin devil he could not and would not permit her to lie in jail arrested in his own house with many sufferings and one great wrong to abrade him with with rights imaginary he insisted but honestly believed in perhaps by her with other rights which his tortured heart could not deny the melancholy rights which are founded on outlawry and disgrace eleemosynary but quite irresistible when pleaded with natures not lost to all good and which proclaim the dreadful equity that vice has its duties no less than virtue balked in his first violent impulse charles rode his hot horse quietly along the by-road that leads to hatherton over many a steep and through many a rut yes pleasant it would have been to lick that rascal rodney and upset his dog-cart into the ditch and liberate the distressed damsel but even charles fairfield began to perceive consequences and to approve a more moderate course at hatherton was there not peregrine hinks the attorney who carried his brother harry fairfield whose course any more than that of true love did not always run smooth through the short turns and breaks that disturbed it he would go straight to this artist in all manner of quips and cranks in parchment and tell him what he wanted the most foolish thing perhaps in the world to undo that which his good fortune had done for him and let loose again his trouble scandal what did the defiant soul of a fairfield care for scandal impulsive reckless affectionate not ungenuous all considerations were lost in the one compunctious feeling two hours later he was in the office of mr peregrine hinks who listened to his statement with a shrewd inflexibility of face he knew as much as harry fairfield did of the person who was now under the turnkey's tutelage but charles fancied him quite in the dark and treated the subject accordingly we'll send you down to the jail and learn what she's committed for but two will be necessary who will execute the recognizance with you i'm certain harry will do it in a moment said charles the attorney was very sure that harry would do no such thing but it was not necessary to discuss that particular point nor to insinuate officiously his ideas about the country scandal 
which would follow his interposition in favor of a prisoner committed upon a charge involving an attempt upon the life of his wife for the information brought back from the prison was such as to convince the attorney that bail could not be accepted in the case on learning this charles's wrath returned he stood for a time at the chimney-piece examining in silence a candlestick that stood there and then to the window he went with a haggard angry face and looked out for a while with his hands in his pockets very well so much the worse for rodney said he suddenly i told you my sole motive was to snub that fellow he chose to make an arrest in my house his damned impertinence without the slightest reference to me and i made up my mind if i could to let his prisoner go that fellow wants to be kicked i don't care tuppence about anything else but it's all one i'll find some other way you'd better have a glass of sherry sir you're a little tired and a biscuit i'll have nothing thanks till i till i what was i going to say time enough i have lots to do at home a great deal mr hinks and my head aches i am tired i but won't mind the wine thank you my head is too bad if i could just clear it of two or three things i'd be all right and rest a little i've been overworked and i'll ride over here tomorrow. that will do and we'll talk it over and i don't choose that wretched crazy woman to be shut up in prison because that stupid prig rodney pleases to say she's insane and would like to hang her just because she was arrested at carwell and and as you say of course if she is insane she's best out of the way but there are ways of doing things and i won't be bullied by that vulgar snob by crikey if i had caught him to-day i'd have broken his neck i believe glad you did not meet him sir a row at any time brings one into mischief but an interference with the course of law don't you see a very serious affair indeed well see yes i suppose so and there was just another thing believing as i do that wretched person quite mad don't you see it would be very hard to let her to let her half starve there where they've put her don't you think and i don't care to go down to the place there and all that and if you'd just manage to let her have this it's all i can do just now but but it's happening at my house although i'm not a bit to blame puts it on me in a way and i think i can't do less than this he handed a banknote to the attorney and was looking all the time on a brief that lay on the table mr hinks the respectable attorney was a little shy also as he took it i'm to say you sent it to what's her name by the by he asked bertha velderkost but you need not mention me only say it was sent to her that's all i'm so vexed because as you may suppose i had particular reasons for wishing to keep quiet and i was staying there at the grange you know carwell and thought i might keep quiet for a few weeks and that wretched maniac comes down there while i was for a few days absent 
and in one of her fits makes an attack on a member of my family and so my little hiding-place is disclosed for of course such a fracas will be heard of it is awfully provoking i'm rather puzzled to know where to go charles ceased with a faint dreary laugh and the attorney looked at his banknote which he held by the corners as the mate in mudford's fine story might at the letter which vanderdecken wished to send to his long-lost wife in amsterdam it was not however clear to him that he had any very good excuse for refusing to do this trifling kindness for the brother of his quarrelsome and litigious client harry fairfield who although he eschewed costs himself laid them pretty heavily upon others and was a valuable feeder for mr hinks's office this little commission therefore accepted the attorney saw his visitor downstairs he had already lighted a candle and in its light he thought he never saw a man upon his legs look so ill as charles and the hand which he gave mr hinks at the steps was dry and burning it's a long ride sir to carwell the attorney hesitated the horse has had some oats thanks down here and he nodded toward the plume of feathers at which he had put up his beast and i shan't be long getting over the ground and without turning about or a look over his shoulder he sauntered away in the rising moonlight toward the little inn end of chapter forty two recording by john brandon